Hello, everyone. Welcome along to the Event Industry News Podcast. My name is James Dixon, wishing you a very good morning, afternoon, or evening, indeed, uh, whenever or wherever you are tuning into today's podcast from. The podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage a very good evening um to everybody well it's good evening for me at the moment um and uh, a very good evening to our guest on today's podcast um emma stokes is the managing director for development and infrastructure at smarter shows emma welcome to the podcast hello hi i'm delighted to be here thank you not a problem at all. Great, great to have you on the show. Um, for uh, our podcast followers who may not have come across um, Smarter Shows before, um, this is a company that has grown, uh, as I understand it, very rapidly over the, the eight years or so of, it, of its existence. Um, tell us, uh, give us a bit of background, first of all, into the company, Emma. Sure. Well, I, I joined the, um, the company right at the beginning. There was three of us sat in a, a very small serviced office um, at the top of a high tower block in, in Brighton. Um, and eight years later, we're now um, 42, I think, at last count. And um, we feel probably grown up at this point. Um, it, it feel rather um, in the beginning days that we were sort of making it up as we go along. Um, there was a lot of learning and a lot of getting stuck into um, things that weren't necessarily part of your fine job description responsibility but um, we've got to find departments now and we um, and we really feel that we're producing events right up there um, with the best of them. Uh, how and how and why did the, did the company begin? As event organisers was there an idea for an event that required a company to deliver that or was there the idea to launch a company and then to decide where you would look to, to, to explore event opportunities? I think it was a combination of both actually so my um, uh, the business owner and the CEO, James Reader. Mm-hmm. He um, worked for a long time at a company called um, UKI Media and Events in Dorking, um, who um, produce um, events in quite a number of the similar um, industries to us. So he spent a long time there and he was very close to the, the chairman and CEO of that company, Tony Robinson. Um, and, and Tony actually um, worked in partnership with James to set up Smarter Shows. Um, and that was backed by a, a great idea to launch an event into um, battery technology co-located with electric and hybrid vehicle technology as a really um, emerging marketplace and a high growth um, industry sector. The company name, Smarter Shows, it, does that reference the type of uh, shows that you're actually delivering or was there an element of how you were wanting to deliver those shows when you set out as a company that you wanted them to just be a little bit smarter than perhaps other experiences you'd have had of organising events before? I think it's representative of... Um, some of the values that we hold close to our hearts. Um, I I really genuinely think that um, part of what's unique about Smarter Shows is that we, two two things really, we we deliver very um, high value events, I believe. And we do that through being able to have quite a personal approach and and really listen to our the communities that we serve, so our exhibitors and our attendees, really get to grips with understanding what really matters to them and, and what really is, is going to make something um, that much more valuable. And so, and it's not often that you can say that you can have that kind of personal approach whereby we will, you know, very quickly decide that we need to do a 
a focus group of um, conversations or telephone conversations or face-to-face -face meetings to understand that community a lot better. So, the, so that's um, that's one thing, and and being able to sort of then quickly change the direction of one of our events or campaigns to retain to be more relevant. Um, I, I, I think it's those things that mean that we're we're working smarter, um, sure. which we've got to to be able to compete with the the big guns who have the economies of scales and so forth we've got to to really focus on what matters hmm. uh, um if i'm right in saying so a lot of your um events whether they be conferences or exhibitions are relevant to um, the manufacturing and the engineering sectors um now these are very very well highly specialized industries um and i've always found uh, and always sort of slightly giggled at the, at the um at the scenario presented to event organizers, which is they've got to know their own jobs inside out and back to front as an event organizer. But when you're delivering an event for such specialized industries, the industries themselves expect you to know everything about them as well so that you can deliver the best possible show and, and to communicate with them at a level that um, they understand and they accept that you know what you're, you're talking about. Um, how difficult is that to balance the art of being an event organiser and also to be able to understand these industries that you're, you're servicing? Well, yeah, you, you've, you've hit the nail upon the head. It is a, it is a balancing act. And... Um, I think generally speaking, we don't purport to be um, industry experts um, and I really don't want to do a disservice to some of the great talent we've got here and particularly our conference producers and the event directors. Um, some of them really, really have over the years got to know their industries incredibly well, um, mm -hmm. but that's not obviously the starting point. We work in collaboration with industries so that we don't purport to know what motivates them and, and, and what their needs are. You know, we, we create advisory boards, we, we create groups of friendlies who will, who will drive the direction of the show. You know, we're event experts at the end of the day, and so we can deliver what they need, but they need to, to, to tell us that, and we wouldn't like to assume um, that we know best. When the company set out, um, as you said, you know, you joined at the start eight years ago, there were three of you. What, what was the first show that, uh, that came to fruition that the, and that you were able to deliver under the Smarter, Smarter Shows brand? So that was the, um, the battery show, which, which was the, the idea that James initiated the, um, initiated the, the company with. Um, so the battery show in the US, in America, in, in, in Detroit. Um, which was all about advanced battery technologies, driven obviously in large part by the electric vehicle um, mm. trend, um, but also um, all sorts of different battery technologies and formats for all sorts of different applications. Um, so that's how we started out. We're, we're, we're six or seven events annually now, and, and we've carved quite a, um, a sort of a portfolio that's, that fits together nicely in this advanced manufacturing space. There have been some red herrings along the way, obviously, um, events that haven't quite worked out, and, and they tend to be some stuff that's outside of that core portfolio. So we feel like we've we found our, our niche now, and, and, and we like to do things for these communities. Sure. Um, just going back to something that you just said there, am I right in saying then that your first show, the first event that you delivered, was in Detroit? That's right, yes. So, so you didn't make things easy for yourself, really, by setting up in a small office in Brighton? And then well, it's funny you say that, because um, we've, we've never actually actually ever run an event in the UK. And, oh, really? And that's quite, um, quite difficult for me to say, actually, because I would really love to do an event in the UK. And, of course, advanced manufacturing and engineering is, um, is a sector that I feel the UK um, really um, delivers well in. And so I really hope 
to be able to make that a not true statement very, very, very soon. But it's just the way it's happened. The, the US, we find um, for launching shows, and we are in the business of launching shows, which is quite unique in our marketplace. There's a lot of acquisitions, you know, going on. Sure, yeah, yeah. They make the conditions for launching shows in the US, the cost of venues and, and so forth, makes it easier to do so. And, and therefore, our, our success in Europe has been through cloning cloning shows that we've launched in in the US mainly um, but absolutely now that we've really created a solid base for ourselves I think we can take a few more risks and and the UK is certainly on my radar and it, it does sound I suppose like, to a lot of people they think of oh, crikey you know entertaining a show that's thousands and thousands of miles away when, when event organizers think about the amount of just site visits simple things like just thinking right i need to go and look at the site again next week to measure out this area or to plan what i'm going to put in that area i mean how difficult is it for you to execute an event and a large-scale event where everything's got to be meticulously planned as to how it will fit into any given area um when you don't have the luxury of just being able to go to site um well yeah it's uh it's certainly challenging at times. I mean, time differences even mm. um, can, can make it difficult. And, you know, we've, we've got a very flexible working culture here whereby, you know, and particularly when we're, we're talking about the West Coast, you know, they're, they're not really sure. open for business until about four o'clock in the afternoon here. Um, I, I, we, we've, we've, we started with a very strong support network through um, James's, you know, background experience and and he lived in the US for, for some time so he had a lot of good contacts there yeah. um, you know, we've got a lot of good partners that help us out and help us manage those difficulties by acting on our behalf and, and being our sort of advocates and our men on the ground um, but really it's you know um, we, we've got a quite a young um, sort of working culture here people who like to travel and and you know they they thrive on on getting to grips with those other markets so to be honest, I, th I think that's um, that's been something that people have really relished here, as opposed to something that, that has been that much of an obstacle. Sure. You mentioned go, going back to something you mentioned about um, uh, about interaction and, and working with uh, industries and trade sectors, and I, I guess that extends to working with um, media outlets that are specialists in certain industries and and trade associations that are specialists to certain industries. Um, do you think that there is uh, an underutilization by you know other B two B event organisers of um, either trade associations or media outlets that are available within certain industries uh, as a means to understand what they could and should be delivering as a show? Um, so, I, oh gosh, it's difficult for me to cast aspersions like that as to, because I don't know, you know, in recent years how effective they're being at, at that. I, I can tell from my own experience within Smarter Shows that we found it invaluable to, to work with associations and, and partners in this way, to, to yeah. understand the industry more. I mean, you know, these, these guys, um, their sort of raison d'etre is to serve their communities. And so there's a valuable reason for us to work together. You know, they're not event experts um, often. And so, you know, there's, there's quite a good synergy of motivations there. Um, you know, a lot of the, the best events that I've seen come up has, has come, have come from a person who's within that industry and has spotted a need um, that isn't being served, you know, rather than, so 
So that's a massive resource to be utilised. And I don't know how well um, companies, um, other companies are utilising it. And I dare say there's more to be done. But we certainly have found it's one of our first things. When we look at launching an event, we talk to the industry and we understand in as much detail as possible who needs to be involved for us to properly be serving that community. Sure. Absolutely. Re rewinding a little bit again. Um, and you mentioned that you're up to now delivering, is it seven shows internationally, six or seven shows internationally every year? That's right, yeah. You're going back to when the company was formed eight years ago. You know, give or take, you're looking at adding one new show every for every year you've been around, which for a relatively small company to begin with is is, is, a, is a big undertaking. Um, you mentioned at the start that, that the, there was an element of making it up as you go along or what it felt like was making it up as you go along. But inevitably, you must have had a plan as a company as to how you would accomplish this. You know, you don't expand from, from where you were to where you are now without having a clear idea of how you're going to cope with that from a staffing point of view, from an infrastructure point of view, uh, from a logistical point of view. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm probably going to regret making that statement now, and that's doing a massive disservice to the people that were there at the beginning. Um, I guess what I meant by that is that we, um, we were three people doing the jobs of, say, 15. Sure, and so yeah. we were having to dip into disciplines that we weren't necessarily experienced in. And obviously, um, you know, when you're launching an event, that's quite a unique proposition. And, it, and, and there is a lot of sort of concept selling and, and engaging people into something that hasn't taken place yet, which is quite yeah. a skill set. Um, but James, our CEO, um, really drove the business in, 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 in that, those first early stages. And he um, really had a vision for, you know, with all of this wealth of experience that he brought with him from UPI Media and Events, and he also worked at Reed Exhibitions, um, to really do things, you know, to focus on, on what really matters in events and, and not be... And clouded by all of the stuff that's ancillary to that that really doesn't matter it's about serving the communities at the end of the day and, and how do we do that better we need to stay small and agile and um and listen and and not be so arrogant as to to think that you know there's a, a one-size-fits-all template that's, that's interesting, you, you know, small, but particularly agile, you know, the, the, the ability to, to, to move very quickly. In us. And I guess part of that um, agility aspect would be to develop relationships very, very quickly. If you're based in the UK and you are working on uh, international events regularly and perhaps with a desire to launch even more, I guess as a company and as individuals, you have to have the ability to, to develop new relationships very, very quickly. Yes, and, and, and again, um, this is something that um, James Reader did incredibly well and still does incredibly well, and, is, and, and it's probably the, the biggest thing that I've, I've learned from him, and I think I believe the company has sort of taken from him, his, his ability to, to turn a conversation round and, and really engage someone in, the, in an idea is, is really quite fascinating to listen to. And, um, and, and that absolutely is, is key. And it's not about, it's not a, a sales approach. It's about really truly understanding that person and their motivations and their priorities and being able to see the possibilities of how we can help to, um, to work towards those with them. Um, and sure. yeah, so you're quite right. Relationships are, are the, the nuts and bolts of, of what we've got here. How, how do you find on a, uh, 
an actual practical level of, of when it comes to the delivery of these events and all of the, the, the lists that have to be checked and cross-checked in order to deliver them. How do you find uh, working in different territories when it comes to working within different regulations, with different types of suppliers in different territories? Is, is it a, a, a constant um, sort of a, a battle as such to, to sort of be dealing you know, with different countries, um, rules, regulations, suppliers, languages? Yes, I mean, I, I, the, the portfolio that we've got currently is, is in the US and in Germany. Right. And they're two very different marketplaces. And certainly when you look at Germany, it's, it's sort of, um, we're, we're starting from scratch, as it were, and it's very different rules of engagement. Um, again, we, we do lean on our partners and our relationships and, and people on the ground who can tell us, get us quickly to the stage where this is a familiar territory and and we're not sort of finding out for ourselves because when you're launching events if you spend time doing that then you've just sort of lost all of the the, the, the campaign and, and wasted a lot of time so we we lean on a lot of um relationships but um but you know as, as i said i think sort of that's that's the next stage with smarter shows we've got to be brave and and broach some really quite attractive markets for our existing um portfolio that we haven't yet touched you know asia and, and the middle east and, and africa are all sort of playing on our mind it's 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 quite daunting for a company of our size um based as you say in a, in a relatively small modest office in brighton um, but these are opportunities that we've really really got to take hold of now well, I was going to ask you about my next sort of line of discussion and conversation was going to be what the future holds, having expanded at the rate that you have done in those eight years and developed that portfolio. What are the definitive plans and are you able to tell us about any of the definitive plans? You mentioned very briefly that um, you know, you are now maybe looked at to do some stuff in the UK, but as, in addition, you've got those international territories that you mentioned. What What are the sort of the most yeah. immediate plans for you? Well, I mean, so I'm speaking broadly when I say that I think it would be a missed opportunity mm. to not look at those markets for our existing brands and also for stuff that we haven't launched yet. I'm I'm certainly not at liberty to say what our launch plans <laughs> are. We're we're planning another um, big launch. Um, relatively soon but obviously we have to keep these things quite close to our chest until until the time comes of course yeah. I think there's a, there's a couple of things it's about um, being of a size and of a, a good enough foundation now that we're able to take a, a bit more risk so yeah. into into unknown markets obviously with the help of strong partners to to mitigate that risk but also into slightly broader industries, I believe. You know, the, the core of what we do isn't necessarily unique to advanced manufacturing engineering. We've just had a high amount of success there, and therefore we're able to use the relationships we have to, to launch other events in that sector. But now I believe we're of an age and of a, an experience whereby we can, um, we can play on our our experiences of event professionals and, and the delivery of events and that's not unique to a particular sector so I think we need to be a bit braver as to branching away from that, that core now so that we really can take the um, make the most of opportunities that are presented to us. I'm keen to ask you having looked on your website before uh, we, we started recording today's um, podcast episode that one of the um, events that you do I think is the, the space tech 
uh, expo um, in Pasadena in California. And I think the tagline for that is America's meeting place for space technology and engineering. Just the strap line alone (laughs) has got my, not just my curiosity, but it excites me. How exciting is it when you've got the opportunities to actually work on something like that uh, uh, on a personal level? Is it, it, you know, do you, you you know, and I mean, and not, not, not all event topics are are so exciting from, from the strap line and from the name of it. And, and, you know, and sometimes you'll be faced with, um, uh, you know, more interesting to me is you'll be faced with what what is relatively a, a mundane subject. And then the more you, um, work with that community and you understand the industry then you can suddenly you know generate this passion for it that you never saw coming you know space tech is is quite a sexy industry anyway and and people who aren't even involved in in the industry really pay a lot of attention to it and that's and that's really exciting and i was actually at our space in pasadena for the first time a few weeks ago i've been to all of our other events and hadn't seen that before and it really is um amazing to, to think that you can bring together these communities of people who are doing absolutely outstanding you know um push envelope pushing work it's it's um it's a real privilege actually Absolutely. And, and as, as you said, you know, not, not all of them have got, you know, uh, wonderfully sexy, intriguing strap lines or titles. But as you say, when you delve into, you know, deeper into them, there is perhaps a level of intrigue there and, and, and a level of interest that, that people may not realise at, at, at the start. I know one of the shows in your portfolio is the battery show. And when you, when you say that, as, as a word there may be people hearing hold on a, a battery show but then when you actually think about putting it into context in people's daily lives and, yeah. and what we use laptops mobile phones tablets all got battery life in them people are buying hybrid cars electric vehicles there's a huge push at the moment for for greener more efficient fuels and, and stuff like this so actually you know th- th- there is a level of intrigue when you delve deeper into them Absolutely. Yes. It's, um, it's, it's really fascinating. And it's, as I said, it's a real privilege to be able to connect with these and, and just learn so much from, from the people that we're working with on a daily basis. And, and as you say, there is, even though, you know, we're firmly in the B2B event space, um, but, but the events that we're delivering have a massive impact on people's daily lives. It's just yeah. a few, a few um, steps down the chain. Is there ever, is there ever a requirement at all to, to, to delve into any um, uh, consumer territories at all that are linked or uh, are closely aligned with the shows that you do? Um, I, I think that's one um, area that we probably aren't motivated to, to move towards um, too soon. I mean, in terms of being linked to the B2B events already, there is an element of, you know, for example, we, we, we've considered things like and, and, and actually featured things like drive, drive-bys at our electric vehicle events. So that, there's a consumer element to that. But, mm. but we're first and foremost about engaging the business communities. And so uh, the B2C is a very different environment, as you know. You know, um, the, the communities that we serve um, are quite focused and, I guess, um, targetable in the sense that they you know you know where to find them whereas when you get into the b2c environment we're talking about um much bigger broad brush marketing approach that i don't think we're sort of scaled to to enter into at this point mm. when you um when you reflect back on uh, on the the growth of uh, smarter shows uh, the development of the actual you know the shows that you're operating but the company itself what would you say are, are the, the the proudest achievements of, of the company and you personally in the last eight years 
Wow. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll talk about the, the company mainly. I mean, it's, it's really has been a, a, a transformation over the last eight years. You know, it's, it's unrecognizable and it's really difficult to, to actually think back to how it was eight years ago because the, the company has changed, you know, beyond recognition. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the proudest achievements is it's really difficult because I don't want to pinpoint a couple and leave any out. Yeah. It's, um, it's, it's really the, the people that, are, that, that we have gathered together at Smarter Shows. Um, that's, that's the biggest thing for me because they are, so diverse in their skill sets and their backgrounds and experience, but it's the way that they gel together um, and in a, in a really fun, um, you know, enjoyable environment um, sure. to create these outstanding events. And, and we always, you know, we make things difficult for ourselves. We had a really challenging schedule of three events back to back in May. And for a small company, that's, that's um, incredibly difficult. And, and we decided that that was going to be impossible. And, and, you know, then we were sort of sitting back a couple of weeks ago, looking, reflecting on the fact that we'd delivered these events. And that was all down to people just really not being precious, getting stuck in, not not feeling like their role sort of had boundaries. It really means that people have to sort of go above and beyond and, and really step up um, and have the end goal in mind. Um, so, so, so I think if I was to just pinpoint one thing, um, it, it would be the people here and, and the team. They are, they are what makes everything happen. And, and, and I, yeah, that's, that's, um, that's for me the, the number one um, element of our success. Fantastic. As, uh, as we approach the, um, the, the end of the episode, um, if people are listening today and they, they want to find out more about you, they want to get in touch, if they've got any questions that they would like to put directly to you on a one-to-one level, how, how can people get in touch with you? So um, the best thing, I guess, is to go to um, www.smartershows.com and all of our details are there. You can contact the office. All of our, the team details are there. So everyone's there and you can see the job, job titles of everyone. So that's, that's how to get in touch with us. And you guys are still based down in Brighton now? Yeah, absolutely. And it's very sunny. I'm, as soon as we get off this call, I'm going to go and meet my family on the beach. So it's a hard life. <laughs> hey, there we go. That, that, that's what you get when you work hard. You get to reap the re- rewards sometimes. <laughs> you get to reap the rewards. Um, we've been talking on today's podcast to Emma Stokes. Emma is the Managing Director for Development and Infrastructure at Smarter Shows, um, a, a company that started eight years ago but has grown rapidly and who, um, and I suppose in a very unique um, way, uh, a UK-based but are running shows in the US and in Germany um, and uh, finding out a little bit about their growth today, how they've developed and, uh, and what, makes them, what makes them tick. Emma, thank you very much for being our guest on today's podcast. Thank you, James. Um, The podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Engage, powered by D2I Systems, winner of Best Event Management Platform at the 2017 Event Technology Awards. To learn how Engage can make your business more profitable, visit d2isystems.com forward slash engage. Head over to eventindustrynews.com and uh, you can stay up to date with all of the latest features, news, content and these podcasts that are being generated by Event Industry News. Um, Find us on all the social media platforms. Just search for Event Industry News or at Event News Blog on Twitter and you will find us in a matter of seconds. Thanks again to our guest Emma Stokes today on today's podcast and we will see you on the next episode. Thanks very much everyone. Goodbye.